Hello, everybody, and welcome to Best Behavior Creative Club. This is a podcast for the people who make things and the people who make things happen. People like you. Thank you for listening. Um, I'm Chris McAdoo. I'm the creative director at Design Sensory. And of course, Best Behavior is a, a DS original production. So we appreciate you guys for tuning in. I'm joined by Brad Carpenter. Hey, Brad, what's up, man? What's up, Chris? Happy uh, Wednesday. It's Wednesday, right? I believe that it's Wednesday. I only know that because okay. I'm, I'm just looking at it on the computer machine here. Um, we are recording... Uh, it's Wednesday, May the 13th, 2020. So we are recording from our respective home studios. Um, and uh, we are it's still in the middle of, uh, well, the, uh, the, apo- the, the, the the 865 apocalypse, whatever you want to call it. Um, but we're starting to, to get out. I've been to the office a couple of times and we're all practicing social distancing, learning to wear masks, superhero style. Um, And just adjusting to a new reality, right? And I am really, really, really um, excited. These past couple of weeks, we've talked with a lot of um, Knoxville 865-based leaders, artists, entrepreneurs. And today, we've got Kim Bumpus, and she's the president of Visit Knoxville. Um, And if you're not familiar with Visit Knoxville, it's uh, basically the Convention and Visitor Center Bureau that helps to bring people to town with things like awesome live events and, (laughs) you know, all the things that are, for the moment, you know, on pause. So I'm really excited to talk with Kim and get her perspective on, you know, what's going on and what we have to look forward to in the coming months. Hey, Kim, what's up? Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to talk about all this good stuff. (laughs) Well, we're excited, you know, we're excited to have you, um, you know, for a couple of reasons. One, your literal current, you know, involvement with Visit Knoxville, but also as somebody who has essentially made a 25 some odd year profession of bringing people together, right? Um, As a graduate of UT, I mean, you started out at Hyatt, you came into the Knoxville Tourism and Sports Corporation that then became Visit Knoxville, and you've been leading that um, for about 10 years now? Yeah, close to it since 2012, so eight years. Getting there. Yeah. Well, I want to get a little bit of your background, and I want to understand what led you into taking care of people into bringing people together. And what do you enjoy about that in the first place that makes you get up and go to work every day, even though getting up and going to work, maybe like a 10 foot walk to the left these days. (laughs) (laughs) This is true. This is true. No, I, you know, I think the hospitality industry, it either takes to you or it doesn't. And, um, I, my senior year at the university of Tennessee, my parents decided that was the time with my heaviest workload to get a full-time job. So I started working at the Holiday Inn Cedar Bluff and I really fell in love with the hotel industry. Um, And that was back before you had it as a major. So my major was in marketing with a minor in psychology. And I just started working there third shift and realized, you know, in the hotel business, you could work yourself up pretty fast if you were a hard worker. And that's what I did. So when I graduated from UT, I stayed in Knoxville. Fast forward a few years, I went to the Hyatt and that's pre-convention center, pre-everything really. And 
we sold the Hyatt as a one-stop shop, you know, eat here, dine here, sleep here, go home from here sort of thing. Cause there wasn't a whole lot to do in Knoxville. And so when Hyatt decided to leave town, this is back in 2000. Um, I did not want to go. I loved Knoxville. I was dating my now husband. And so I decided to go to the convention and visitors bureau. And I didn't really know what I was getting into when I did that. And it turned into the Knoxville Tourism and Sports Corporation, fast 2012. We got this huge opportunity as a community to revamp the Convention and Visitors Bureau. And I was able to transform it into Visit Knoxville. And I love it. I mean, there's no better destination in the entire world to sell than Knoxville, Tennessee. It's just what I enjoy doing. And when I was with Hyatt, I got to travel all over the country. And I never felt at home until I was flying back into East Tennessee and the mountains and everything we have to do here. And so that's really why I do what I do. And it's a pretty easy job to tell people why they should come to Knoxville and they love it when they get here. Well, it's got to be interesting for you, you know, too, having been in the community for so long. I mean, my first office was on the 100 block in like 2001. Right. And that's when it was still like, I'm not going to say it was totally stabby, but it was like stab ish, you know, and and I've grown up here, you know, my I've I've, I've been in around Knoxville my whole life. And so for you to be, you know, be in the middle of it and to see not just the explosive growth of not just downtown, but everything around us. But what I have seen to be a really cool sort of bottom up growth pattern of small businesses and um, just very creative entrepreneurial, you know, folks banding together to make all this amazing, amazing stuff happen. Um, What do you see has been some of the catalyst behind a lot of that? Definitely. I think to your point of homegrown and the bottom up, it's, that is a big deal because I also remember Knoxville. I mean, when I was at Hyatt, there was nothing downtown. You didn't really come downtown. And so, to watch its evolution uh, from maybe the more convention side with the convention center being built and that being kind of a stimulus to other businesses thinking about building next to a convention center, even though maybe our convention center was a little slow booking out of the gate, but it it really did pick up speed and it helped uh, be a catalyst to what you see in market square and why those Mm -hmm. owners, invested in restaurants and retail and all the things that you need to service a visitor. But I would really say for me, with all the visitor experiences coming together with our attractions, the urban wilderness, the restaurants and the ability to get some of the services you want uh, for a visitor, I think it was the leisure traveler that really started to make a difference for us over the last five years because we became kind of this getaway destination and people started vacating here for two or three nights just kind of as a weekend getaway and I think that's a huge thing when you think about Knoxville and then if you think about the fact that East Tennessee is almost a beacon for a lot of international travel that really helped you know push us forward as well and we probably went for almost five years with double digit hotel motel tax increases just because the growth was enormous. Obviously, that's a little different right this second, but with that in mind, uh, we were 
we were out of the gate for 2020 to beat 2019 and 2019 was one of our biggest years to date. So that's obviously not going to happen now, but 2021 looks to be stellar. Well, what are people, so yeah, coming to, to present day, I mean, you know, obviously, um, and, uh, 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 for everybody's info, I think Kim, it was on March 12th that we were actually at a, we were, uh, you were in a photo shoot that, uh, that I was, I was directing and it was just starting to come through the wire, you know, sort of just starting to come through the wires. And then we would hear two or three days later that, um, big ears, right was was called and we started seeing um the nba season we started seeing all these activities um you know get canceled you know and i gotta tell you i'm a ut vols fan especially basketball so there is a tear in my beer that will be there for a long time about about that i mean obviously there are bigger things at stake but when those messages started coming through and you guys started to know that, okay, this is about to be different, like in a real way, how did you and your team kind of, what did you guys do to act and react? That's a, that's a great question. And uh, there's a lot of different caveats to that answer, but really what we did is we dove in and started to provide communication resource for a lot of our stakeholders because they turn to us, hotels, restaurants, attractions, news, and they're saying, you know, what do we do? And we're obviously a liaison with both the city and the county as we have contracts with both as Visit Knoxville. So we really tried to understand as fast as we could what the rules were going to be, what was coming down the pike, what should we anticipate, and then we got busy with our planners and we really probably at the time and obviously things have shifted because in March, we thought we were just moving March and April events to maybe May and June. And now we are moving all of those events to later in the year. So mm-hmm. really just started moving groups and we ended up having to cancel probably about 50 million in economic impact that has now rebooked in future years. I am happy to say we didn't lose anything, but it's not going to fall in the calendar year of 2020. It's going to be spread out over the next three to five years because based on data abilities. And then we did save 30 events, which is about 22 million in economic impact. And those groups are sitting there from August to December, just waiting for a green light. And You know, I don't know what the future looks like just yet, as we are only halfway through the first phase of our reopening, which, you know, ends at the end of this month. And then the data will tell us what the next steps are. You know, the, the interesting thing about the phases, though, is phase one is pretty much May. Phase two is pretty much June. And phase three, which is 100 people or less in a gathering socially distance, is the month of July. So if you think about the fact that we've already canceled everything till August, if we get through the phases successfully and people can follow the rules, which is somewhat subject at times, um, we have got, we can maybe move forward. And that's what everybody wants. We want to move forward. The hotels are excited that we could 
make up a lot of our losses in the second half of the year, but it really does come mm-hmm. to people taking self-responsibility and doing what they need to do. Well, that responsibility aspect of it, I think, is is going to put you know, folks to the test. And that's from, you know, business owners as well as visitors, right? Those travelers. How do we act towards each other? Do we have, um, do we, do we have a little more patience, right? Like you probably saw that story about, is it in Pennsylvania? The dude that had the ice cream shop that opened up that had to close the next day because I mean, people had to wait five more minutes for ice cream. And so they decided to yell at a teenager to hurry up. And to anybody that would, you know, be in that kind of mind frame during all of this, I say, don't do that. I would also say a lot of other choice words at them, but I'm keeping this family friendly, you know. Um, But we have a responsibility, not just to ourselves, but towards each other. And and I am going to back up a little bit because, Kim, you talked about, you know, saving 30 events, you know, that, that, that August to December. And you're talking about, you know, again, that $50 million that is now, instead of 2020, it's going to be over the course of a few years. Um, talk, can you talk me through and talk our audience through what you mean by economic impact, that sort of ground zero of an event and how that it affects the community at large? Definitely. So basically economic impact Sometimes when you hear about it, you might want to roll your eyes because the numbers sound big and you don't understand them. But at the end of the day, every single convention or sporting event you bring to your destination, which for us is Knoxville, Tennessee, it provides money and it provides money that turns over. So, you know, the visitor comes in, they spend a hundred dollars here, then that then that business goes and takes that hundred dollars and they give it to four other stakeholders within the community. But we don't necessarily calculate economic impact in that traditional sense as Visit Knoxville. We use the national calculator done by Destinations International. And I throw that out there because if anyone just is super passionate about learning more about the depths of what that looks like, you can go to Destinations International and this is all very free and and handy information for you to research and learn about. But it basically takes your local tax rates in mind and you input how many people are coming into town, the percentage of out of town versus local, how many days are going to be here, event days with post and pre. And post and pre means like just the stuff that trickles in on the front end and trickles out on the back. But then you have your peak nights when all of the attendees are in town. And it gives you a direct spending number. You know, this is what this event really through how they'll shop, how they'll book their hotel rooms, the percentage of what that person in town means to your venue. It calculates all that for you and it spits out a number that we all call economic impact. And economic impact is not an exact science. And I I think it's important to say that it's it's a barometer. It's for you to be able to gauge are you doing what you should be doing based on the year prior? And are you projecting correctly uh, for the next year? It's also something that we can tie closely to a real number that's produced by the state through tax collections and here locally through hotel motel tax. So we use all of those as a way to see, are we up? Are we down? How are we doing? And so it's an exciting thing. And it also can be a depressing thing, like right now with some of the groups that we've had to move. But I think most people can probably get their arms around last year in the Bassmaster Classic. 
So you saw all those 153,000 people everywhere mm -hmm. with poles, walking around, shopping, watching the weigh-ins. That event was $32.2 million of economic impact. And that was probably on the low side considering how much they spent while they were in town and the fact that they booked every single hotel room. So that's a little bit of kind of your 101 of economic impact that I'm trying to put in a layman term so that so that people can understand that's not a scary thing and it is a real thing, but it's it's easy to kind of negate it at times because people don't understand it. Well, I think what it is is a, a lot of the conversations that I have, Kim, um, with if it's you know, uh, if it's if it's leaders, if it's artists, if it's entrepreneurs, is understanding the context in which they operate, right? And that we don't all exist in a bubble. When you create, you create for other people. I mean, you know, when you when you open a business, you open that business to serve. You open, you know, all those kind of things, and understanding just understanding that sphere of influence that we all have. I think is is pretty neat. And to put that into perspective, like you're talking about Bassmasters, and then last fall we had Garth Brooks in, which I think uh, grossed $47 bajillion or, or whatever, you know, um, which is, those are big. Yeah, it's it's technical. You know, so those are big numbers. But but now, like, again, let's, let's bring it back to this. It's May 13th. Um, in the middle of all of this, and you don't, we don't get to talk about those big numbers right now. And so, what are some of those conversations that you're having with, if it's with the city county leadership or if it's with our attractions? No, yeah, totally. So, basically, right now, just to put it in perspective, um, when you're talking about all those groups that are moving or having to just cancel this year and, and regroup for next year, like a USA cycling or the visit Knoxville open, we're running anywhere right now. And it, and it has jumped in the last two weeks. So I will give a little caveat, hmm. some good news, but um, in the month of basically from mid March through the end of April, we were running downtown anywhere from three to 6% in occupancy, which is basically a 90% decrease from the year previous. So there, these are not funny numbers. These are devastating numbers to a business. They're devastating numbers to a nonprofit that's funded by hotel motel tax, which would be me. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's something that we have to look at. We have to strategize and try to be, proactive about, which we have been, and we've come up with different solutions to figure out what the rest of the year looks like. And a lot of that will be dependent on leisure travel and promoting the outdoor adventure that we have here in East Tennessee that can be a part of social distancing and give you more ability to follow the rules. But we have seen all of that percentages I just said in the last two weeks, we're now up to 13% downtown. And then the perimeter properties were already a little bit higher. So I do not have April as a whole yet. I do think that'll be our worst hit because March, we thought we would be down probably as a, as a countywide scenario, about 60%, but we are only down 40%, which was I never in a million years thought I would ever say being down 40% was good, but it's better than being 
So we've got that. And then April, of course, will be devastating. There's just no way around that. There was no business and that three to 6% occupancy is kind of like the real deal. So, but May looks to probably rebound uh, in a good way if we stay true to the process and we follow the phases and the businesses do what they need to do and the customer does what they need to do. And we try to wear our face masks and really be good stewards to health and pushing the economy forward. I think those are exciting things. And at least in the tourism side of it, it feels pretty good. Like the businesses are all in. They really are following the guidelines. Uh, The hotels are being super diligent on the new cleaning requirements. Everyone I've seen, at least in the tourism sectors, from employee standpoint, have their masks on and are behaving in the way that they should. We did open the visitor center with limited services on Monday the 11th. So this is... uh, only a few days in, but we're, we're starting to see visitors come back in. You know, we had 20 the first day, 20 the second day. I don't know how many we've had uh, of late, but that's exciting and scary all wrapped in one. And I think I say that just from the tourism industry as a whole, because no one knows what to feel or think. We also don't know the proper rules of engagement with our visitor just yet. So, and I'm not speaking just Knoxville. I was on a state call with Chattanooga, Memphis, and Nashville and Knoxville and even severe. And we're all feeling that. And I think severe probably feels it even at a higher level right now because they do have an influx of visitors probably more than anyone else in the state right now, because they're the only ones that actually started a a mini marketing plan we, as a state, we have not been marketing just because a lot of the target audience that we have have travel bans still in place. So you don't want to be trying to tell people to come here if they can't come back, go back home. So we're just monitoring all of that. I really think you'll see the surge of marketing start for everyone closer to mid-June at this point. And I think that mm-hmm. whatever's happening in Sevierville and Gatlinburg will just be a really good test to say, you know, what does that movement look like? And does it change the data points that the health departments are watching? And, and that really is what dictates all of our lives right now, which is why, you know, I would hope that people would be respectful to the process and and understanding of the process, because to your point, Chris, you know, this really is impacting some businesses that are smaller and have to go out of their way in a big way to do social distancing and to follow the process. Well, and to to speak to those um, to those businesses out there, um, you bring a lot of points of view together. And I think for those businesses out there that are you're talking about tourism, leisure, those kind of things. And for me, you know, I love I love the artists, I love my musicians, I love my makers, right? And a lot of people see that as, um, well, you know, is is that quote economic development? Which I would argue, well, damn straight it is. Those are the backbone. You know, that's why people visit. That's that's one of the big reasons that a place like Knoxville has the personality 
you know, that it does. And it has the draw that it does from all over the world. So for those to, to speak to those small business people that some are pivoting, um, some are doing incredibly well, some are hurting, some are all, you know, all these d- different, you know, kind of ways of dealing with this. What do you say to our, our tourism community? Or when I say tourism, I mean, our, you know, our draws, our, our great businesses, our artists, our lead, you know, all those guys out there doing the best that they can right now. I think I say we have to keep swimming and we're all in this together. I mean, we really are. And I will say that a lot of our attractions, they're not open yet. So Mm -hmm. I was just looking, reviewing that list earlier today and, you know, there's probably 20% are open and then another 20% that are looking to open soon. And then the rest of them are sitting there and they are closed indefinitely. And I think that that doesn't mean indefinitely as in they're gone. It just means that they've got to take a a little bit slower approach. So you're probably not looking to see them come back on the grid to July. And I, and I applaud every business, uh, small, medium or large, that's taking the proper time to do it right. And that's what, that's what we see even when the restaurants could open only about 30 of the 200 that we surveyed were going to open on May 1st. Some trickled in after that, and then some are just going to stay with curbside carryout mm-hmm. until they just see what the next steps are. Um, and, you know, I don't begrudge anyone. And I, and I think what I would say to those folks is if, if your customer doesn't appreciate how you're doing it, then maybe they weren't the right customer. And there are a lot of customers out there that want to see businesses doing it right and not just throwing their hands up in the air and saying, okay, well, let's just go back to business as usual because we are not in a business as usual place and we're not going to be back in that place for quite a bit. And I would like to see groups and conventions be able to come back and until we can even prove that we can operate at this phase, that's not going to happen. So it's very important to visit Knoxville to for people to follow the rules and keep swimming. And sometimes doing the right thing is the hard thing. And having the difficult conversations with people that are screaming at you isn't fun. And I get screamed at on a daily basis more than once uh, by events that want to happen, even though they shouldn't happen because we're not in the phase for which they should happen. So, you know, I I could write a book on some of the things that have been said to me during this situation. And, you know, and I thought I'd already had a hard road, but it's, uh, it's an interesting time. <laughs> it is an interesting time. And, and Kim, I really appreciate uh, your time. And I appreciate the hard work that you guys are doing. Um, and to everybody, you know, out there, Kim, you, you said something really, really great. And that is you applaud the people that are doing it right. Because the one thing that I know about our community and about artistic and entrepreneurial and other communities out there all over the United States is that there are people out there that care. They genuinely care for each other. And that's what we've got to do. We've got to care right now, maybe even more than we had to before. Um, And we have to take care of each other. And that includes sometimes being patient. You know, it's like maybe you 
it's not time for that event yet. Or maybe that ice cream sandwich takes five minutes longer than it used to. You know what? You still tip 30%. <laughs> Take care of your people. Um, well, Kim, again, thank you so much for joining us and so much for, for lending everybody your ear. Um, where can folks uh, go to learn more about um, about visit Knoxville, about Knoxville and visit Knoxville. And then also where can they go to learn more about some of the, um, opportunities that you guys are working with, with the city and County? Definitely. So there's two, two really key places, uh, visit Knoxville.com. That's where you should go for updated events, calendar, everything. And we've even transitioned some of that to what's coming soon, what can happen, what's moved to next year, what's virtual. There's a lot of virtual events, which are very exciting and a great way to still stay engaged with some of your attractions if you're a local and if you're a visitor, of course, always, and you're hearing this. And then we also formed a partnership with the city and the county and the chamber called KnoxTogether.com. And that is really the resource for everything about our current situation. It has signs for your businesses in both English and Spanish, especially if you want to require someone to wear a mask to come in your business. You can get that sign there and you can post it on your door. Uh, it very much matches the branding of Knox Together, which is very uh, beautiful, uplifting type branding. And Knox Together isn't necessarily saying about being physically together, but, you know, you can be physically distant yet social. So it's about that. It's about us being together with like mind and following the process and trying to get through this phase plan together so that Knox will continue to move forward. So that's a that's another great resource. It also has some other stuff. It has links to the phase plan. It has links to different things you can do online if you'd like to. It's it's just a really good resource. So I would I would recommend those two things. And then one thing you said, Chris, that's so real, and I've heard this on a couple of different calls across the state and nationwide. And this particular situation, if you are in the tourism sector or in the events business or in anything that promotes a mass gathering, patience is our friend, and we're just going to have to continue hanging on to that friend because getting upset or panicking or just wanting it to happen now, it's not going to change anything. We're at where we're at and we have to continue to move forward day by day and, and stay hopeful and just look for that, look for that end in sight sooner than later, I hope. I eat August 1st, but no pressure, no pressure. <laughs> no pressure. Well, Kim, 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 thank you so much. And I want to leave everybody with this. Um, and that, that's a great way to take us out. Patience is our friend. Axel Rose, he said it best. All we need is a little patience. But I hope that you guys out there listening take this as a sign of tactical dedication from like the folks that are trying to do the best job that they can. And I hope that you find it resourceful. There's a lot of folks out there working really hard to try to do those right things. Right. Um, and then I hope that you maybe visit those sites. Go check those resources out if you do have those questions or needs right now. Uh, we may not all be in the same boat, but we are all definitely in the same storm. So <laughs> we're 
So it's good to be here with everybody, and I appreciate you all. This has been Best Behavior Creative Club. It's a podcast about the people who make things and make things happen. If you enjoy what you heard, uh, please tell your friends, tell your neighbors, tell your enemies. That's totally fine. They'll get something out of it too. Um, And then leave us a review on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast fix. Um, I'm Chris McAdoo, as always, joined by Brad Carpenter. And we were honored to have Kim Bumpus today. There he is. Uh, we were honored to have Kim with us today. And now you guys have a call. As I always ask you to do, even in the middle of tough times, I want you to go make something great.